And welcome into a new episode of American Ag Today, produced by the American Ag Radio Network. I'm your host, Jesse Allen. Thanks for joining us today. Right now, joining us, Eric Snodgrass, Principal Atmospheric Scientist with Nutrient Ag Solutions, as we take a look at weather here for the week ahead around the world. And Eric, first off, let's start with the U.S. and take a look at uh, the weather we've seen here the last few days, and then looking ahead to this week here and beyond. Uh, we've seen fairly mild temperatures. Sounds like they may stick around at least for the first half of this week ahead. What's the latest you're seeing right now in terms of U.S. weather for this week? The jet stream right now is very zonal, meaning that it's flowing from the west to the east. And that particular setup is one where our storm track just tends to stay a little bit north of wherever the jet stream is. And you don't end up getting any really deep lows out of this. So the systems move across the country fast after targeting like Northern California, Washington and Oregon. So you look at it and kind of say, yeah, it's kind of a bit of a boring pattern. If there's snow, it's primarily in Canada. And then late this week, maybe in the central Rockies, we're looking at some snow accumulation. But a lot of places that have been dry in October and been dry now at the beginning of November stay that way for at least another seven or eight days. I'm talking about the southeast, the lower Mississippi River Valley. I'm talking about the southwest. It's a bunch of zonal flow. And we're going to have to wait until we get out past maybe the 12th, 13th, 14th of the month before we get any change in that. All right. Well, let's turn our attention to some other issues as well. Uh, first, let's stay in the U.S., the Mississippi River. I know a lot of folks have been watching that. It looks like river levels have creeped their way back up a little bit. What's the latest there, Eric? So that massive system that brought all the snow to Montana and the plains, the one that dumped the just 10 inches of rain in Texas, which brought them up actually central Texas, saw a three-class improvement in the drought monitor last week. Well, all of that is finally beginning to trickle into the tributaries that feed the Mississippi. Now, remember, southern Louisiana and Mississippi State, the state, are in the highest category of drought, but the river levels are now up to only being five feet below low stage in Memphis. And remember, two weeks ago, they were 12 feet below low stage, which means there's recovery happening in that major river system. It needs to happen fast, but uh, it's good to say overall that we've got moisture back in the basin. Soil moisture is improving. And that is top of mind for me. If you're a Midwest farmer listening right now, this late or mid to late fall precipitation is exactly what we need in order to start to revive soil moisture so that I'm not worried about it come next spring. Well, I know uh, we have a new winter outlook we're going to talk about in a second, but I want to move to the Southern Hemisphere, and I want to first discuss Brazil. A lot of our focus, especially in the markets anyway, starts to turn our attention to South American weather now this time of year as we ramp up or wrap up our harvest season. Brazil has been interesting, to say the least, through the last couple of weeks. What is the latest you're seeing down there in Brazil in the Southern Hemisphere, Eric? Well, I think it's important we just remind ourselves it's early, right? I mean, but early problems are important problems. And we still have several more months to go for this crop. But the newest model trends over the weekend, I mean, I watched them kind of with my, my mouth hanging wide open a little bit because they just kept getting drier and drier all the way through the next 15 days. That's where about 80% of the growing area in Brazil looking at such dry conditions. The only place it's not going to be dry as far as southern Brazil, and they are flooding, you know, they've been flooding for 60 days. So we would look at the planting progress numbers and we see that, you know, Mato Grosso is 10% off its normal number, but it was way ahead of average leading into the last two weeks. 
So we want to know how much of that acreage is going to have to get replanted because of poor germination issues. And does that matter overall, given that most of the season's still ahead, even though it's going to get hot? I mean, they're going to have temperatures well above 100 Fahrenheit this week and next week. Is it going to be just terribly problematic or will later season rainfall, you know, erase these problems? So big questions. Markets should be talking a lot about this, not just now, but for the month of November and December as well. What about Argentina? We know they've been dry and they're really, you and I talked about this, uh, it's been almost three years now worth of some type of, of drought conditions. How are things looking there as we look at that country outside of Brazil? Yeah, so the Paraná River, which starts in the state of Paraná in Brazil, flows into northern Argentina and eventually goes out uh, to like near where the Rosario Grain Exchange is. So that river's got lots of water in it because of all the flooding in southern Brazil. But you come over to Cordoba, parts of Santa Fe, you get to Buenos Aires, we are still seeing deficits. And every time the models are promising rain, it's coming in with severe weather, which means you're not getting widespread, you know, good soaking rains. You're hitting some folks really hard with the nasty stuff, but other places, uh, you know, still show the longer term drier stress. All right. Well, as we continue to keep an eye on South America, we will do just that. Want to turn our attention to the overall outlook for the next couple of months ahead. I know uh, you mentioned me before we went on the air, uh, a few new uh, winter outlooks. We got this El Nino that we've been talking about. What's the latest in terms of our winter long range outlook here for the next few months ahead? Yeah, well, November looks good. And what I mean by that is, honestly, it looks wet. We want that. We've got to get moisture in November. And we watched several models, plus just the overall meteorological picture, favoring a pretty active end of November, second half of November, and then uh, front half of December. I do not see any reason to be calling for like major Arctic outbreaks early, like no just long, sustained, super cold time period as we transition toward winter. But uh, the big question is going to be this El Nino. Now, the newest model projections will likely take this El Nino to a peak of about two degrees Celsius above normal. Remember, we were talking in summer about worries of this being three degrees above average and kind of breaking every record. Now the question is, does it just peak in December or January and fade? And do we get a typical winter El Nino pattern out of it? And I'll tell you this, the models say yes, which means the only places we worry about being dry would be the Northwest or we'd worry about parts of the Ohio Valley, Eastern Great Lakes. But I'm going to tell you something. While El Nino is the undercurrent of all of this, the sub-seasonal factors that will control winter have yet to really fully establish themselves. So you're going to see a lot of winter forecasts showing up today. All of them are going to look very El Nino-y, but I'm going to tell you, El Nino could fade quick. And listen to this. There are some projections that by the time we get into next summer, not only could this El Nino be gone – but maybe be knocking on the door of like a rebound, brief, weak La Nina. And some models are suggesting that the Atlantic stays hot. Now, what does all that mean? That actually wouldn't mean drought for the Midwest, but it would likely mean a very active hurricane season. But I want to tell you, I just jumped over three seasons to give you that one piece of information. <laughs> and the reality of it is, is I fully don't know what the pattern is going to be for the second half of November just yet. So please remember that as I give you all that long-range information. Well, we do appreciate the insight. Eric Snodgrass with Nutrient Ag Solutions. Thanks for joining us here on American Ag Today, produced by the American Ag Network. I'm Jesse Allen, wishing you a great rest of your day.